Hello, and welcome to the 17th episode of the Practical Operations Podcast. We're your hosts, Brendan Diesendorf. And I'm Jack Neely. This week, we're going to talk about metrics, data aggregations, and log analysis tools. Our favorite tools. We want your feedback. Our Twitter hashtag is at operations.fm. Please leave a comment on our website at operations.fm or email us at feedback at operations.fm. Show notes for this episode can be found at operations.fm slash episodes slash 17. So getting started, the basic distinction that has to be made up front is the difference between metrics and logs. And? So what is what is a metric and what is a log? A log is, in its barest sense, a, re- a record of an event. You have a firewall rule that gets tripped, you have a user hitting a website, you have a device hitting an API endpoint, you have an event of some kind happening, and the daemon or the process or the device says, hey, I have an event, I'm going to record this event somewhere, and it writes out some data into a log file somewhere. The event has a lot of attributes to it. You have usually a timestamp and a host name, and other parameters about, depending on what kind of log it is, either source IP, destination IPs, or time or bytes or HTTP response codes or the URI or all kinds of pieces go into that. Latency bits, size bits. A log message is actually a really complex bit of data. All of these pieces, all the pieces of data comprise the single event log. This is different from a metric, which is either a single slice of the log metric, either the timestamp or the latency or whatever. Let me let me rephrase that. It's not, it's it's usually a combination of a timestamp and a single other piece of data from the log message. So the HTTP response size invites or the status code or a latency piece. Yeah, it's a single data point in time. Uh, usually like how many uh, hits per second you're doing. Um, once you start working with uh, metrics from events, uh, what you usually end up using is something like statsd and you get aggregated information about those metrics. So you send a uh, really simplistic uh, statsd uh, metric every time you have a, a specific event, like a web page hit, and statsd figures out how many hits per second, um, some other statistical information, and that those become your, your metrics. So metrics are... Um, especially when you're dealing with events, they're summaries of of how your application, how your tool is performing uh, based on all the events that have come through. Or we might be talking about um, measurements in time, such as uh, how much CPU has been used, how much memory has been used, uh, facts that are important to know and to monitor and understand about your process, but uh, may not be specifically event-driven. There are very special cases of metrics platforms that record all data points instead of summarizing them. So it's not always a true statement that your metrics are a summary of data points, but it is generally a true statement. Um, Definitely. If you're using Graphite or if you're using StatsD, it's an absolute. Um, there are tools... If you're using StatsD, you're summarizing your data. And if you're using Graphite, you're summarizing your data into buckets. You can't you can't sample finer than the bucket size that you've predetermined. True. There are tools like OpenTSDB and other things that allow you to do much more fine-grained or infinitely fine-grained, depending on how your data comes in. But that's the corner case at the moment, not the, the mainstream case. Really, the new hotness with metrics is being able to efficiently store a histogram 
of event data as a metric or as a collection of metrics, uh, which allow you to do really interesting things. So you have, uh, using latency as an example, you have a bucket of latency below 100 milliseconds, uh, latency below 200 milliseconds, uh, latency below 500 milliseconds, um, total uh, latency of your application. And that captures, it's still definitely a summary, but it captures much more information about the events that have happened per second or per minute, per time bucket. Um, it allows you to do neat things like uh, be able to calculate percentiles or or quantiles as the generic term is. Uh, the, the unique power with being able to store histograms is what is what sucks about StatsD. Uh, once StatsD generates, say, an average or a percentile of the data that it's ingested and processed, that's stored into Graphite, and you can see that percentile for uh, one instance of your web application on one host. And percentiles aren't aggregatable. You don't get a lot of useful information if you take averages and average them together. And simplistically... Uh, percentiles are special cases of averages. There's um, a paper or a blog post written by the Circonus folks talking about exactly the pitfalls of trying to operate on percentiles or quantiles without understanding what the data is and why histograms are a better use case. Oh, for yes. This. We should definitely have that in the show notes. Yes. There was um, also a talk at Monodorama this year. Um, it was Statistics for Engineers, and it was a good talk, kind of some, kind of going through all of the reasons that you should not use percentiles pre-aggregated you should definitely keep your histograms and then generate your percentiles at display time not at storage time percentiles are evil little things and they look like they're giving you a an awful lot of data much more valuable data than just looking at the average and you know in some cases they are but what a lot of folks aren't aware of if you're calculating a percentile with stats d or equivalent um, per host, per application instance, when you're actually running a whole pool of hosts, a whole pool of applications under a load balancer, you can't get a a generalized view of, of the 95th percentile of latency for your whole application. You cannot uh, aggregate those uh, quantiles together and get useful data out of it. The, the math doesn't work that way. But if you have and histograms, that, you can generate a 95th percentile for the tier at display time if you want it, if that was an important yes, metric to you. that's the power of being able to store histograms as metric data. Because you can store histogram that comes from each host, each application instance. You can aggregate those histograms together if they're stored well. Um, I'd like to point folks toward Prometheus's implementation. Um, and you can easily aggregate the histogram data together, and then you can calculate quantiles off that aggregated data that is the the uh, appropriate way to to aggregate before those percentiles are made and get reasonable percentiles for your entire uh, fleet of applications and hosts logs on the other hand do give you all of the data because by definition or by nature logs are records of events so unless you are dropping portions of your data on purpose, say you've rate-limited your logging collector, or you say, I only care about one in every 10 messages because I'm looking for a sample of my log data. When you have logs, you actually have the ability to say, give me a representative graph of all of the HTTP error codes over the last couple of hours. And it will actually go and look at all of your log data 
and tell you exactly what it was. And you can zoom in on different pieces of it and see exactly what's going on. Unfortunately, logs by nature are much slower to operate on. They have much higher resource um, constraints in terms of memory and CPU usage to do aggregations and summaries and searches. So you're telling me that string processing is, is harder than arithmetic? Significantly. Um, and the guys who wrote Lucene, which is a open source Java based um, search and search index engine, have done a really amazing job doing some pretty cool stuff. But it is yeah, slower. that stuff's pretty cool. So metrics are very or logs are good for what happened five minutes ago, what happened yesterday, what happened over the last month. Um, whereas metrics are are we in business right now? Is the web is the web tier falling over? Our database response time's good enough right now. Those kinds of things. They, yeah, they metrics serve very can tell you uh, that there is this specific host running an application in your load balancer that's misbehaving, that has behavior outside your normal parameters. And with that information, you can have an idea of what's misbehaving with the process, and you can double-check the logs to see uh, what more data you can uh, gather about why that application is behaving in an errant way. For folks who haven't moved over to one of the the more modern monitoring systems that does the high resolution pieces like Prometheus is a good example of this. Logs are also a really great way to, to know how a release is going. So you deploy a new version of the software and you have a dashboard or two up looking at your log data coming in because you're, com you're, you're feeding off of the live event data. And as things... You want to see these exceptions as they get generated, right? Yeah, and you can't, pre you can't predefine all of the different kinds of exceptions as metrics. So you say, I'm going to look for exceptions as a general unbounded query set and as they start coming in give me a summary of the top 10 ordered by count and this is a great example for where logs are awesome for you and you watch your you watch the logs roll in as release is going out and as you know your a b testing or however you want to deploy it and you, you know, your canary hits and then your other things go and this way you can keep an eye on the release as it's happening and if you need to if you need to pull back a release you can do it before your users start yelling at you. So logs are powerful in that specific sense. If you are using something like Prometheus or one of the other, there's a couple of other um, monitoring systems, I think Reinman does this as well, where you stream data into it, into Reinman, or you scrape data off of um, exports with Prometheus, that you also can get a very detailed sense of a lot of these pieces as metrics as well as the logs that the application will emit. So you can see a lot of the things you really care about directly, and the Prometheus scrape interval is pretty tight and pretty efficient. So that's that's a good way to go. Their default is a 15-second scrape interval, which uh, I try to, to use as well in my own deployments of Prometheus because there's there's an amazing amount of, of data you can get with, a, with higher resolution data um, one of the first things I really recognized when I was looking at Prometheus and higher resolution data is with Graphite uh, doing uh, intervals, one interval per minute, um, if you have uh, an application that begins to perform an errant matter, you have to be able to identify the new trend. But you need several data points to identify the new trend. So you're waiting five minutes, seven, ten, maybe 15 minutes for that trend to really... Uh, identify uh, because the metrics are are not very granular. And during a code deploy, that's way too long. Yeah, that's that's life and death. And with Prometheus doing 15-second intervals, you're looking at two or three, five minutes 
to really determine, hey, this is a new trend. This is this is not good. We need to do something. So one of the interesting things that you can do with logs as they they roll into whatever system you're using for logs, if you're using Splunk or Elk or one of the hosted platforms, is you can extract metric data out of your logs. So you can have a, a parser that sits there like Logstash or Heka or there's a couple of other good ones that as the data rolls in, you say, look look at the Apache log for this particular pattern and start pulling off the the response sizes and bytes and feed those over to Graphite or StatsD or whichever metrics daemon you have. And this gives you the best of both worlds because you have your log data in your, your logging platform, but you also now have metric data. And this sounds like it would be the best possible way to go because you have both. The trouble here is latency. If your application is instrumented to 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 emit directly to StatsD or Graphite or it's Prometheus scraped or however that is, you have your metric data almost instantly. If you're reading off of a logging pipeline, you're now dependent on the complexity and the depth of your logging pipeline to to ingest um, pars and then submit your metrics for you. And in most cases, this will probably be fine. And in bad cases, it will be seconds or minutes behind. And then you can't trust that that metric data came in exactly when you thought it came in. And here there be dragons. Not to mention the cost of of running a log processing engine like that at scale, which is usually different from your log storage engine. Well, we haven't even gotten into the streaming, the the crazy streaming log stuff that a lot of people have started Uh to do. But the the log stash stuff is just it's just CPU intensive, and most folks that I know okay. install log stash on on the fleet. They install it on all the edge nodes that have that host the applications themselves. So you do all your work there in terms of aggregation and regex pattern matching and other things. So the ingestion tier for your log solution isn't trying to also parse all your logs because that would that's that's a recipe for a meltdown. You're, at, you're centralizing all your CPU res, resource needs, and that doesn't scale very easily or very but well. But that limits your uh, statistical analysis of your application as well. If you're doing aggregation of your log data into metrics on a per-host basis, mm-hmm. you've got you've got averages and percentiles about how your application or the latency of your application um, that you can't aggregate and well compare with uh, with other uh, machines in the fleet. That is very, very true. One of the so solutions... you're that, back to that STAS-T problem. Yeah. One of the, 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 one of the solutions to this problem that people have been working on, um, and a bunch of different people have been working on the problem because it seems to be the new hot thing for people to throw time and code hotness, at, is streaming log aggregation. So there, there's Twitter has a product called Heron. There's Apache Spark. There's Apache Storm. And one's a micro-batch service analyzer and one's a stream analyzer, and I'm not entirely clear on the difference, honestly, because I haven't used either of them directly. Um, Kafka Did has I a library. New hotness and the Shiny? Yeah, there's a library that's on top of Kafka now that does Kafka streaming. There is... There's a couple of others. I know there's Druid that people talk about very positively that takes your, your incoming log data and breaks it into an SQL-like data structure on the fly and in memory, so it's very, very fast. You can do all kinds of crazy queries and aggregations at speed there. And these tools allow you to, to do to, to replicate the speed of a metric analysis process on log data. And 
that sounds really nice, but it's also really expensive, both in terms of resources and in terms of dollars or whatever your local currency is, because you have to have... However you're costing your solutions. Yeah, you have to have all of the... You have to have hosts that do all the streaming. You have to be able to receive all the data fast enough. You have to be able to store all the data fast enough and then present it. And so it's... And when you're at web scale, uh, to coin a phrase, <clears throat> uh, that's... Yeah. That scaling problem is large. Yeah. That's so, a lot of Amazon Hadoop nodes. But one of the things that this allows you to do is in, in metrics land, even with a even with tagging and things, you have to operate within a bounded tagging set. You can't have an arbitrarily large number of tags. So a a good tag set would be HTTP response codes. You know, there's really gonna be status five or equals two hundred, status equals five hundred and there's 403 and 429, and there's there's you're, two, you're going to look at and... maybe a dozen in total common ones, and the full set's only what 40 or 50. Yeah. Now a bad set for tagging would be usernames, because if you have a web service with 10 million users, you can't fit that tag set easily in memory when you're doing a query, or IP addresses, or you URIs. end up with high cardinality and sparse metrics. Now, the streaming log aggregation pieces are really great for, I want to know the top five IP addresses to hit the tier in the last 30 minutes. Well, that, that job doesn't, you can run it on a log platform. It's expensive and costly, but a streaming analysis platform can keep a current list of that query all the time for you. So if you need that data as a live lookup that's, either it changes quickly or it's a live lookup that has to be very, very quick, that may be a good solution for a streaming metrics platform, or a streaming log platform, sorry. Yeah, your your top-end most active users, uh, top-end IP addresses. Top-end suspicious... me now. Yeah, top-end suspicious activities. Um, all of those things you can do in a logging platform. You can do it in something like Elk or Splunk or Sumo Logic or all of the others. But it's a slower query to do because you're building the field sets in memory and you have to load the data off disk and do a bunch of other operations on it. Yeah, that, that's logging is a tool for that job. And so a streaming log aggregation solution can handle that job very nicely. And having recently worked through a lot of these issues, as you might imagine is the inspiration for this particular podcast, um, a lot of the folks that we work with were very interested in getting metric data from events and were were pretty well concluded that this new Shiny was really the way to go about analyzing their uh, uh, Tomcat logs and generating this kind of metric data. And once you drill down to you know what folks were, were actually wanting, it turns out they were actually just looking for metrics for uh, memory use per uh, REST API endpoint uh, request, uh, CPU time per request, um, or latency. just service time. You know, how service long did it time. time to get you know a, a request serviced entirely, so you could start looking for problems on you know th this tier of hosts is having a problem. We just deployed new code there, and we can watch the you know the request time or the latent the service response times go up. And those actually are fairly simple. Uh, uh, metric problems, uh, things that Prometheus supports really well uh, with histograms and summaries. Um, hell, you can do that with Stats D and get something usable out of it. Um, I think the 
the key thing that we sort of uncovered there is if you're emitting a log message, you should be emitting some uh, metric information as well. And following Google's lead, instead of just emitting metrics to something like Graphite or StatCity, which you can do, but instrument your application with an endpoint, say a slash metrics, or I think Google uses slash health Z, and then anybody who needs to know the health of, the, of that process can go look at the endpoint and see what data it's exposing at the moment. So it, it allows your your monitoring system to scale horizontally as you say, okay, I have different I have different uses for monitoring the metrics off of this host. Well, I'll just scrape it from different places. And now you have the thing that needs the metric can go get can go get the metric. Whether that's monitoring, whether that's your metric system like Prometheus, whether that's a human being. So, so the ops tier may the ops team may set up a tier of Prometheus hosts that look at memory and CPU and disk IO patterns and things on all the hosts in the fleet. And then a particular application group may say, well, we only care about, you know, the results of this one application that we're running on this one group of machines. And so they have a different set of aggregations. And this allows everybody to get what they need and only what they need to make monitoring more efficient and to make the query set coming off of that more efficient. And metrics and the, the statistical analysis around metrics become much more scalable. And there's some much cases... Much more manageable over time. There's some cases where you do want to metric your logs specifically, but as Jack said, most of the time you are probably better served having the application process the metric itself because it's closer to the application and it doesn't rely on the metric, the logging pipeline to pick up the log, parse it, extract whatever it needs, and then send it along. It just sends it initially. The Prometheus model, if I could continue to harp on Prometheus... Uh, it's not the only one that works this way, but that model is really super powerful about uh, being able to present you with metric data at incredibly fast speeds. And in optimal situations, your your application is directly instrumented. Your application is directly exporting that metric data. So the the pipeline to get that metric data from your application into a metrics platform and do some basic analysis on it is, is yeah, we're talking seconds. Yeah, and even with a well-tuned ELK stack, like I'm hoping mine is considered well-tuned at this point, we have a latency between 5 and 45 seconds to get a, a, a piece of log data from the application to be a searchable object in the interface. And... Again, this is the difference between logs and metrics. For a log, 45 seconds is, that's reasonable. It's not great, but it's reasonable. And for a metric, that's that's just way too long. You can't you can't wait that long. That's graphite being upset. <laughs> well, that, that's graphite, you know, running at capacity or over capacity and not keeping up. Oh, my, my friend graphite, how I love thee. So, uh, Brendan, uh, speaking of how well your ELK stack is tuned, I uh, hear you have a conference coming up. Yes, I am giving a conference presentation at the Surge Conference in Maryland this in September um, about scaling ELK towards a trillion documents on disk, and I hope to see folks there. I'm going to back up and say, yes, he did use the T word. Yeah, that's the the design goals for the system are to hold... One to two trillion log documents on disk. We were approaching it rapidly. Um, a number of factors have changed internally, so we are not 
we're not growing as quickly as we were. So we're not going to be at a trillion by the time of the talk, unfortunately. Um, but that's actually easier for me to handle at, at day job. So that's, that's probably a good thing, honestly. Yeah. It's, it's nicer when, when you don't quite have to work at the capacity you planned for. Yeah. And we're currently, we're spending so some a the, little less sweat. We're using some of the time we have right now to independently scale each of the pieces of the, the logging pipeline. We, we, we had done a fairly decent job of this in the past, but we have a little bit of free cycles and we are taking this opportunity to further decouple each of the stages. So as we need to grow the ingestion side, we can grow the ingestion side and not necessarily have to grow everything else or other pieces. So the talk will cover a lot of the pains and pitfalls we had from going from 40,000 logs a second to 250,000 logs a second and kind of the, the roadmap we had for doing that and letting people know that it's actually possible. So Surge 2016, uh, registration for that is still open. Um, and it's a really fun conference. Um, it's smaller than a lot of conferences I've been to, but the uh, IQ level is a little higher than average as well. So uh, always a good time at Surge. Do you have anything else to bring up in this episode? Uh, if I continue on, I'm going to start talking about Prometheus's push gateway, and then we know we've gone off the edge of the cliff. Perhaps next week for that. Yeah. <laughs> that wraps it up for the 17th episode of the Practical Operations Podcast. We're your hosts, Brendan Diesendorf. I'm Jack Neely. We look forward to seeing you next week. Good night.